The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show. I'm Dr. Dream Kelly Sullivan Walden and so grateful to be with you today. This is the place where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. And I'm so grateful to get to connect with you today and to bring to you one of my favorite people. I'll introduce him in a moment. It's Bob Haas. It's it's going to be a fun show today. The number to call if you have a question about your dreams or about the upcoming International Association for the Study of Dreams conference, the number to call is 816-251-3555. We're going to be talking about stress and how your dreams are the hidden source of resilience that can help you get through these difficult times. So I normally let's do I'm going to I'm going to do a quick little reading from my luminous humanness book and um this just came out and yay it's an amazon.com bestseller I'm very excited about this. So luminous humanness it's available on on Amazon Barnes and Noble. The thought for the day is today is April 14th and um it's called Bridget There are resplendent moments when you gain a glimpse of who you are, where you're from, and why you signed up for the human incarnation you are now inhabiting. Imagine that before you took the mighty leap from your true heavenly home to this temporary earthly realm, you lined your pockets with tiny diamonds. Everywhere you've gone and everything you've done in your life, you've left a trail of diamonds Traces of grace, like clues that reveal your angelic essence and lead back to your highest nature. Affirmation. I am a diamond encrusted bridge that connects the sleepy places on earth to the most awakened heavenly realms. All right. So let's just turn within for a moment. Let's just take a breath and find ourselves here on this bridge between realms, between heaven and earth, between conscious and subconscious, between dreams and awake. And let's know that we, standing on the bridge is where it's at. This is the place where we can actually connect with the entire reality of what's going on on both sides. And we realize that when we're in that space, we are in heaven on earth. So every time we remember a dream, even just a dream snippet, we are in some way connecting the hemispheres of our brains. We're doing so many wonderful things that are that are good for our spirit, our soul, not to mention our minds and our bodies. So let's just give a big, deep breath. So much gratitude for where we are, who we are, what we've got in our lives right now, even with what has been lost and even with the stresses that we have, those stresses mean that we're here 
game on. We're up to something. If we had no stress, it would mean we were probably in the bleachers of our lives, just watching what's on the field of play. So let's even become grateful for our stresses because in some way we know that we're becoming more resilient, more resourceful, more awakened, stronger versions of ourselves. Something wonderful is happening. So I'm grateful for this moment, grateful for your listening, and grateful to have Robert Haas joining me today on the show. So with this, a big deep breath, and let's pinch ourselves and we know we are awake while we're having this wonderful dream together. So let me tell you a little bit about my friend Robert Haas. You've, If you've been listening to the show for a while, I've had Robert on many times. It's been a while though, over a year at least. Robert Haas, MS, is a director and past president of the IASD, the International Association for the Study of Dreams. He's also the IASD conference director. He directs the Dream Science Foundation for funding research grants and is a Hayden Institute faculty instructor, author, editor of Dreams, Understanding Biology, Psychology, and culture. Another book, Dreams That Change Our Lives. Yay, that's a book that I have a story in. And Dreams to Freedom, Dream Language. And so, and that was published in 12 other dream, and he's been published in 12 other dream-related books and journals, including Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dreams, and Premonitions. His website is Dream Science. Dot com, And I am so excited to talk to my dear friend, and lo- it's been a long time, Robert Haas. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Just one uh, correction. It's dreamscience.org. So oh, if anybody sorry. wants to get to the Yeah, dreamscience.org. Dream Thanks for correcting me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't well, know what I... happens when you go to .com, but make sure you go to .org. Okay, yeah, Robert Haas. So, I... How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great. I and mean, we've got so much to unpack here, but I just want to hear a little. How are you doing with all the changes, all the COVID-19, all the pandemic isolating? How's your how's you personally and your dreams doing? A little bit crazy. Uh, but <laughs> also the uh, your your uh, reading earlier struck a really interesting chord. We'll probably touch on lucid dreaming a little bit later on in the in the uh uh, yes. interview, but uh, one of the things you said in your reading is uh, you equated diamonds to uh, uh, the mm. things you bring into the earth and what you signed up for in this life. I yeah. uh, It reminded me of a very important lucid dream I had where I was uh, very, I, w- I was I was totally stressed and struggling because I was I was doing too much. It was re- re- you know writing one of the books and things of that sort, and I thought, <laughs> what is the what? Why are my visions at all useful? You know, what are they really going to mean? How are they going to do anything for the world? And I was really down. And I said, my 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 visions are worth nothing. And that night I had this lucid dream. And what I do when lucid dreams, I turn around and I ask the wisdom behind the dream. Uh, you know, show me something I need to know. And long story short, in the end of that dream, there was this beautiful woman that uh, uh, that was running along, and I said, "Stop, stop! What part of myself are you?" Because the parts mm-hmm. I had met in the dream so far were parts of myself. And I said, "What parts of myself are you?" She said, "I am your visions. I am like diamonds." 
<laughs> I am your great. visions. I am. I am. Say more. I, I I am your visions. I am like diamonds. <sighs> so it was basically uh, saying, uh, "No, you know, don't get don't get so stressed out. Uh, your visions are like diamonds." Oh my God, that's beautiful! Wow, that is so powerful. I love that. <clears throat> Imagine that if you if you hadn't become aware of that dream, I mean, you would have just gone on thinking your visions weren't worth anything. And I think our dreams are always revealing the truth. And that yes. is so powerful. I love that. And I always think of dreams like diamonds themselves because they're so multifaceted. They're so valuable. They re they reflect light. And based on where where you're looking from, they they look different based on where you're at. So even in a dream group, people can be talking about a single dream, and it it will show up differently based on where the people are sitting, what they're hearing, how they're looking at the dream. So that's wonderful that you have that that you had that powerful dream. Oh, I think we can all borrow that. This is for all of us. Oh. Right. Gorgeous. Okay. So let's go right into the theme today because a lot of people are stressed. Last week, we had Dr. Michael Nadorf, who's one of the keynote speakers at the upcoming IASD conference. And um, by the way, people can go to asdreams.org to sign up for the conference or find out more about it. But it was so interesting having him on. It, it felt like it gave permission to so many of the listeners to talk about their their depression, even suicidal thoughts. And I know a lot of that is like stress is the underlying element in all of those things. And and yet our yet our dreams are helping us to cope with them. So how do you think dreams are our hidden resource of resilience in times of stress? Well there are, there are a number of reasons uh or how dreams help us with stress. Uh, yeah. For one thing, everybody should realize that they're really part of a natural mental balancing and healing process, per perfectly natural and part of our learning process. Right. Um, and it, it kind of starts with the areas of, of our brain that remain active when we are in our dreams and sleep. A lot mm -hmm. of our cortical areas that, that relate to thinking and, uh, and our memories are kind of offline. But what comes on and lights up and when we dream is areas of the brain that are responsible for processing our emotions, processing our emotional memories, and also mm. an area that's responsible for problem resolution. So yeah. their dreams are not only trying to process and dampen, you know, the tra trauma and stress you had of the day, uh, much like the one that I just shared, but they're all also trying to come up with a resolution and a learning. And what you dream about is just pictures of those feelings. So there's really two parts to every event. Whenever you get stressed on something, there's two parts to what actually happened and your emotional perception and response to it, what the dreams work on. It's not so much what actually happened. They can't do much with that, but they work on the, your emotional perception and response to it. Just right. like in the dream about diamonds that I shared, it worked on my yeah. perception of my visions and gave me a completely different perception of that. Mm. 
like a, a hundred people could have said, oh, Bob, your your visions are beautiful. You're wonderful. You could have read, read a book before going to sleep about how powerful visions are. And nothing would have impacted you, I imagine, more than that dream. Like that dream got to you. Yeah. And, and our dreams can do that. Mm, that's so powerful. I'm I'm remembering one dream that I had that helped me during a stressful time. I don't want to cut off your your flow here, but can I just throw this in? Okay. Kicks. There so there was a a time when I was about to do the Dr. Oz show for the first time and I it was on the fence. It was between me and someone else and they and there was just a lot of pressure to kind of suit up and show up in the right way. I had my publisher, I had the, my agent, everybody was like, Kelly, are you, you you know, say, you got to do it like this and make sure you say this to the producer. And I was like, ah, so stressed out. And I went to sleep that night and very like tossing and turning. And then all of a sudden this voice came through from my dream. And I do have these audit auditory dreams every once in a while. And it said, are you kidding me? You're going to let your well-being be in the hands of some arbitrary human? Oh no. Haven't we have we not taught you anything? It was like I was getting kind of a spiritual slap upside the head. Like, no, no, no. Your well-being is not based on whether or not this person picks you. Come on. And it was like, oh, oh, that's right. So I calmed down. I came into complete peace about whether or not it was going to happen or whatever. And it did come to pass and I was able to be on the show, but I was able to do it from a place of, wait a minute, this, I'm not, I'm not going to be so fooled as to think that the outer world is going to make or break me. I, my, what makes or breaks me is my own, my own peace within myself. So anyway, that was one dream that just kind of popped yes, up. And you can, you can see what the dream is doing. Uh, the first thing dreams do is they picture our emotional stress and trauma. So you'll have, I'm not sure what the first part of your dream was like, but it was probably all about the stress that you were the feeling. Stress. And it was picturing Absolutely. it in some sort of little, little storyline. And then yeah. the dream introduces this alternate viewpoint. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is a voice, just like, mm-hmm. just like you say. Sometimes it's, it's just something pointing the direction. Sometimes it's a path that leads you off into a different. And it, what it, the dreams do is they drag you through a simulation to test that alternative viewpoint. If your dreams continue beyond that point, you'll find yourself drugged drug through this, and then mm. the dream will project and reinforce an outcome, and uh, which which it certainly uh, uh, did in your case. I can give you another example, if you like, one that happened oh. to me when I was try, trying to organize our conference. We oh, this year, yeah. um, this year, our conference and last year actually had to go virtual because of the pandemic, right. and the amount of administrative stuff that I had to do to uh, try to make that happen was intense. And at one point, I couldn't, uh, you know, I had to deal with hotels and things like that. At one point, I just couldn't get anywhere with hotels and legal issues, et cetera. And I was just totally defeated. So I had a dream that night uh, mm. of pick an image of this huge, strong boxer that had been beaten up and totally defeated and disheartened <laughs> and completely done for. And then all of a sudden, a voice in the dream, just like in your dream, says, no, he's just exhausted. Look at him. He has all the muscles and the strength and the re- to recover and go on. You know, this is temporary. 
And so the dream produces this alternative viewpoint to try to correct my viewpoint that I can't go on. And then it provides a safe place to stimulate or to simulate and test that alternative viewpoint and projects an emotionally reinforcing outcome. Now, this is part of how we learn the emotional reinforcement in the dreams. And so the dream ended with his boxer raising up, you know, flexing his muscles and getting ready for the next round, <laughs> which is what actually happened in waking life. I, you know, I finally dusted it off and got ready for their next round and produced, uh, you know, some successful uh, virtual conferences. My God, that is a great, great dream. And I think the like maybe the tragedy is just when people don't get to finish the dream. If people were able to finish the dream, they would they would most likely come to a place of this of solution and closure. And sometimes I think our nightmares are simply dreams like this that we just wake up or we we they get interrupted somehow before you get that 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 other that new vision. Um, but speaking of the IASD that is now virtual, this conference is virtual, and this is like the kind of the good news, bad news. The bad news is that right. so many of us who are used to coming to the conference every year love the physical aspect of it. We love getting to hug each other. We love getting to be in a close dream circle. We got we like to be able to meet the keynote speakers in person and and all of that. And and yet on the upside is that there's a lot of people that weren't able to come from it's an international organization and not everybody can hop on a plane and fly across the pond and and go wherever the conference is going to be but now that it's virtual this is kind of an upside so tell us about what people can expect from this virtual IASD conference yeah. that's coming up this June I, I, yeah i think a couple things the first first thing is what we did this time the last time we we just did a mini conference this time we decided to go for the entire 5 day five track conference exactly as we're going to do it on site, including everything, the clock costume uh, parade and dream balls, telepathy <laughs> contests, the art exhibits, all the lectures and workshops. And we have, we have the same That's great. 130 present, pre, you know, presenters and workshops wow. uh, from 15 countries around the world that we would have had on site. And the nice thing is it's half price over what it would have been, and you don't have to spend money on travel and lodging. So people you know, are are more than willing, A, to present and B, uh, to, to attend. Uh, so, uh, and again, it's from, from all over the world. So it's um, going to be, I think, a, a fabulous conference, a lot of work because we had to change everything that we do. Um, but all of the presentations will still be presented mostly live with question and answer periods, just like you, you were would be on site. And we've got the, still the same five keynotes and invited speakers that we had. Um, many uh, have probably been interviewed on your show. We have union analyst <laughs> uh, Fanny Brewster, Dr. Fanny Brewster, Dr. Eduardo Duran, who's a psychologist in Indian country for about 30 years, Tori Nielsen, professor at the University of Montreal, doing uh, a talk on sleep onset dreaming, Keith Salmon. Um, we'll be doing an amazing audiovisual thing that talks about the nature and dreams, how those two um, uh, combine. It's called To Walk in Beauty. And then, of course, you had Michael Nightoff on, on Bad Dreams and Nightmares. So it's uh, it's going to be a regular 
you know, five-day conference, just virtual and a lot cheaper than if you were to have to uh, come there in person. And more convenient. Not that we couldn't arrive in pajamas in real life, but we can definitely wear our pajama bottoms, at least while we're attending <laughs> Zoom true. and dress. I like the idea that we're all going to get to dress up. So for those of you who don't know or who haven't been to the International Association for the Study of Dreams conference, they always have a dream ball where everyone dresses up as some character or some element of one of their dreams. It is hilarious. You, I mean, and spectacular and stunning, and it's like Burning Man, um, in in the in the dream realm. It's so fantastic. Right. I have a very incriminating photo of you and I, Bob. <laughs> I had a dream. <laughs> I don't know. I had a dream that I was um, naked on stage, or actually, it was just my. Um, my ass that was hanging out on stage in in my at the dream ball I got this big old it was like a dog bed that I turned into big butt cheeks <laughs> sorry and there's a picture of Bob <laughs> kind of squeezing the big old I mean so yeah it was a me too moment in the dream realm I was kind of hoping was... you'd forget that <laughs> I'm sorry Bob I... Bob is a very serious scholar and <laughs> but it's that's the fun part at the dream ball and we'll do it virtually it's kind of like we step into dreams and all the normal niceties and ordinary ways are gone and it is such a blast it's so fun to actually embody a dream character like that it's so it's actually really healing and and powerful anyway we i could go on and on and on about that but let's talk more let's get back to um your your stories i know one of the stories that you share even in the in the chicken soup for the soul dreams and premonition book is along the lines of how your dreams can help you resolve stress and give you solutions, practical right. solutions. So do you, would you be willing to share that story before we go to break? Sure. You know, the, the, um, this one really explains how the dream drags you through it too. If you don't get the message, <laughs> it drags you through it to show you how good the message is in the dream, how the wisdom it works. Uh, this was a man whose company was going through a terrible reorganization. Um, it was actually me. Uh, and they're totally reorganizing the whole company. And even though I didn't think I had a problem, uh, uh, I, I was getting a lot of outside offers, one really big one. And uh, But out of fear of losing my retirement and starting all over, et cetera, I turned down the outside offers and uh, was trying to uh, find uh, a position that I liked within the company. Uh, but I had a dream that changed all that. So I, in the dream, I'm a passenger in a boat aimlessly moving down a dark underground river. I was trapped looking for a position in the windows that shows a way out. So it shows me, pictures me looking for a position in the mm. company rather than going outside. <laughs> and uh, so the dream starts by picturing your emotional viewpoint. I'm trapped. Uh, but suddenly a door appears in the front of the boat, and a voice behind me says, you can walk out the door. And so here's the dream introducing an alternate viewpoint. And uh, and I, I didn't understand what the voice was telling me because I didn't see a door. And uh, uh, I argued with the voice, which we do. The ego argues with the wisdom in the dream quite often because mm -hmm. it's not ready to change. But finally, after two or three, you can walk out the doors. I finally decided to walk out the door. I, all of a sudden, a door appeared in the front of the boat. 
and uh, to to allow me to get onto the front uh, bow of the ship. And then, so here is my decision to accept this and test this scenario. So when I did walk out through that door to the front of the boat, uh, all of a sudden I, I emerged from this uh, ice cave that the boat was in, this dark ice cave into this bright, beautiful sunlit setting of calm water and music in the air. And uh, when the water touched shore, it, uh, the rocks rang like a bell. It was just gorgeous. So here was the dream reinforcing my walking out the door. Mm-hmm. And you know, walking out the door was a metaphor for me, you know, physically walking out the door of the company I was in and taking uh, this offer that I had turned down a fabulous offer. And uh, so I, that morning after the dream, the company called me again and said, look, we don't want, I said, my boss got laid off. Why don't you talk to him? Uh, he said, we don't want him. We want you. And, mm. uh, and uh, so after a little bit of work I had to do to get out, out, out of the company, uh, I, I ended up joining that company. It was the best career uh, advancement that I could have ever imagined. So, so here was the dream, basically going through the steps and dragging wow. me as this reluctant ego through it and reinforcing that uh, that outcome. Mm. And if you want to read about that dream in its entirety and others like it, you can pick up a copy of Dreams and Premonitions, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I love that. And there was also a little piece in that dream. And by the way, I see all of you loading up on the switchboard. I'm going to take your calls as soon as we get to the other side of the break, which is coming up quickly. Um, So don't go anywhere. Hang on, hang on. By the way, if you want to call in, the number is 816-251-3555. So just hang tight with us you guys but in in your waking life you were driving and there was um the song calling all angels by train now how did that connect with the dream is that just another like a reinforcement in the waking world that you were doing the right thing what it was was after the dream i had no idea this dream had anything to do with my job (laughs) it was only afterwards that i I figured that it went back and I said, my God, this is what the dream is doing. But what the dream did is it gave me a completely different attitude towards the job. And so now me as the ego was totally confused. So as I was driving to work that day, I said, look, I'm just going to put my faith in, in the divine. And uh, this song, Calling All Angels, came on the radio. And so I started singing along with it. And it was the strangest experience. It was like something in the world was totally changing. And uh, I didn't know what, but I I realized that this was like a prayer. Wow. uh, We are going to a quick break. We'll come right back with Robert Haas from dreamscience.org. And we're going to take your questions right here on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Dream. We're on Unity Online Radio. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. 
Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show. We're having a really fun time talking to Robert Haas of dreamscience.org. He's a director and past president of the IASD. That's the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And he's also the conference director this year. And if you haven't yet gone to an IASD conference, you're in luck. It's virtual this year, so you don't have to fly around the world to get there. Just go to asdreams.org to find out about how you can get there. There's going to be so many great speakers. There's going to be a dream ball. I'm going to be one of the speakers, one of the many speakers. I'll be talking about the hero's journey in dreams. And there's a dream art show. (laughs) There's all kinds of amazing things. And the dream costume ball, that's kind of worth the price of admission in and of itself. Okay. So Bob, right before the break, you were, um, you were finishing up the punchline of that amazing dream about you can, you can walk out that door. So. Right. Yeah. And it's, it kind of illustrates the, the, the synchronicity, how dreams and life work together. Uh, but the, the dream was all about, uh, changing my mind about the, you know, the job situation I was in and I didn't realize it at the time, but on the way to work, uh, calling all angels came on. I was started singing. It was almost like a prayer. Like something has, is I felt something was really changing. 10 minutes after I got into my office, I was sitting there, I got a phone call and other company that had wanted me that I'd turned down, uh, basically said, look, we don't want your boss or anything. We want you and we'll be there tomorrow morning to finish the interview. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. You got your confirmation. Yeah. You, it, it, you found uh, a new it, position. The whole world, world became synchronous with that. Wow. I love that. I think, and we can all say that we can all do that. We can all incubate dreams <clears throat> if we deliver. I mean, you didn't necessarily do this deliberately, but you were going through a stressful time. What should I do? about my job situation or, and, and we can ask our dreams to help to reveal clarity about what's going on and what, what some of the, they do that automatically. Yeah. Yeah. They do that automatically. automatically. And it doesn't hurt to ask the question just so we can think that we're playing some role. (laughs) Okay. So we're going (laughs) to, gives us, maybe gives our ego a little something to do. Okay. So we're going to take a few questions here. The number to call, if you have a question about your dreams is eight one. Six two five one three five five five. Okay, so let's take Christopher Hartz. Welcome to the show. I always love it when Chris calls in. Chris, what's on your Good heart? Good morning. Thank Chris you. Hart, what's on your heart? <laughs> Good morning, uh, Kelly. You've mentioned spirit guides, including animals helping in dreams, and I always wondered about that. Then on mm. Monday night, I had a really bad nightmare. Uh, related to when I was a little kid, around four, I'd been tested positive for for, uh, tuberculosis and Mm. was grabbed and put into a tuberculosis ward at that Mm. time and place with no money for medical treatment. That was a death sentence. And I remember my mom saying, God be with you. As uh, guards in hazmat suits dragged me off screaming. Oh, gosh. Uh, Yeah, down a a dark uh, corridor, and it sounded like goodbye forever. So I got Mm. put into a bed with high railings to make it hard to escape, and the lights were turned out, and I dreamt my lower body was in chains, and a skeleton was trying to choke me. 
I woke up to find myself with bed sheets and a blanket wrapped around me like a cocoon so I could barely move or breathe. Uh, then in real life what happened was my mom came back the next morning, pushed guards and nurses aside, and took me to a doctor for another test. It turned out the first test was a false positive, so I escaped. But the nightmare kept coming back. So last Monday night I woke up in a panic, back in the dream with chains around my body and someone threatening to choke me. I I woke up, couldn't get back to sleep, or even close my eyes. I was that Mm. panicked. So I went out in the living room and lay down on a couch without sheets or blankets, but still afraid to close my eyes. And what happened next is my big white German shepherd dog, Sunbear, jumped up to uh, lie next to me. He Mm. put two of his legs on top of my legs, put his head on my stomach, let out a deep sigh, (laughs) and went to sleep. I looked down and realized it was the same circumstance as the nightmare. I was trapped and couldn't move, and it was dark. But the difference was I was not alone or abandoned or cold. I had, you know, a a warm, furry, loving being wrapped around me. And a song came in my head from an old movie called The Producers called Prisoners of Love. I remember (laughs) it it went in my head. I went, Prisoners of Love, Blue Skies Up Above can't keep our hearts in jail. And uh, I fell asleep smiling with a song in my head. I I couldn't sleep a trapped prisoner fearing death, but I was okay, you know, being a prisoner of love by my furry, warm friend. Then I had a great dream where I was in a race and people by the roadside were pointing at me and laughing and cheering me on. And I realized Sunbear was running next to me, supporting me, It wasn't even hard to run. I was almost like swept along by the love and support and made it to the finish line. So, uh, you know, like you said, my dog, (laughs) Spirit Guide, made all the difference uh, both in real life and in a dream. Yeah. Chris, thank you for sharing this powerful dream and story. I'm so moved. I'm I'm in tears. I'm just I love this reframe that being a prisoner of love, not just a prisoner of fear. It's so powerful and I'm even imagining if it was was my dream, I would go back and imagine that Sunbear was with me the whole time and yeah. like send him retroactively. I also, yeah. Yeah, I oh, doubt that uh, nightmare will ever come back again. Uh, mm. What what dreams do is they yeah. they're they're continuous with our life, uh, which is certainly obviated by yours. Uh, but they're a continual learning experience between life through the dream, where we consolidate our learning memories, and then then wake, where we act on them. And what it's in the synchronicity aspect of uh, what occurred with bringing your spirit guide, your German shepherd, right at the right moment to provide what dreams often provide, which is this other voice, uh, was ideal. And so it allowed them to finish that experience and reinforce that experience in the, in the oncoming dreams. So it's a beautiful example of how dreams and life work together. It makes me think of that, the footprints prayer um, about, you know, God, where were you during my most difficult times? It's like, I was carrying you. It's it's like, what if, <laughs> <laughs> what if Sunbear, 
and I'm just picturing if it was my dream, it's like I was with you the whole time. I was with you back when you were four years old in that TB ward. I was, I was part of that with you. I've been here the whole time. Oh, that is so sweet, Chris. This is such a powerful reframe. And I love that there's the connection between the waking dream and the sleeping dream and showing how the synchronicity between those work. Really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing. I hope that this story is going to go into your memoir because I know you're working on that and you've got some powerful stories. Thank you for sharing, Chris. Uh, Thank you. It brings tears to my eyes right now remembering it. But I realized, uh, as you said, that a big part of the nightmare was feeling alone and abandoned. Yeah. Oh, God. And for anybody who's feeling alone and abandoned right now and has actually felt that way and had good reason to feel that way, I think we can even reimagine that time with, like, imagine that that spirit guide was with us the whole time on top of us, around us, putting their arms around us. Oh, because we're never alone. And and that little bit of a reframe can change everything. It's beautiful. Prisoner of love. Now I want to go hear that song. (laughs) Thank Thank you, you. Chris. All right. Uh, Thank you for calling. I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. So Denise, Denise, what's on your heart today? What kind of dreams? What's cooking for you? I know you didn't get to share a dream last week, so I I feel that you're popping with dreams. Yeah, well, you know, you had a good guest on, and I did. The question I asked was something that I was kind of curious about. And, you know, so, yeah, it was good. Um, I dreamt that um, I was at an event. A girlfriend and her mother was there. I know them. I've known them for 40 40 years. Um, That's like the young lady in the dream. I'm the godmother of her son. That's how close we were. Um, we just went different ways, but I'm still friends with the whole entire family. That's important. Because in the dream, it was an event, and, and it was cake. And the girlfriend, everybody who knows me knows I just love uh, cake from a bakery, a birthday cake, wedding cake, any cake like that. <laughs> so I saw the cake. I saw the cake, and I looked at my girlfriend. I'm like, God, usually you'd be like, oh, there's Denise wanting that damn cake. I mean, wanting that darn cake. Um, <laughs> You know, and she didn't. So then her mother, her mother, remember, because I've known him since I was, you know, a child, you know, a mm-hmm. youngster. So then she cut a piece of the cake. It was white cake, yellow inside. And I got the cake and, and I ate it and it was good. But and that's, that's really the end of the dream. But I think well, it was kind of significant mm-hmm. to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm feeding into this wrong. Maybe I'm taking it too personal. That But that particular friend knew I've been to baby showers and things. She's like, oh, God, we're going to have to cut the cake because Denise is here. Everybody knows when Denise comes. And she didn't do that. She didn't do that. But I still got the piece of the cake from the mother. That's it. So are you feeling remiss, like upset that, like, hey, this person knows me. She's supposed to say the thing about the cake, and she didn't. Yeah. Is, is that that's yeah. like a missing piece? Yes. Okay. Yeah, All right. Let's acknowledge time, that. I l- Okay, let's acknowledge that. Okay. All right. Let me let me let's give let's give Robert Haas um, a stab at this cake dream. Robert, take it away. Yeah, I think the what's important is what were you feeling uh, about this situation? Because the situ- the dream changed the situation from one where you uh, were feeling that oh, there's Denise again. She's gonna, <laughs> she's going to want a piece of cake to one <laughs> where that didn't happen. So the question is, what's that all about in your life? Mm-hmm. Ooh, 
you're saying that, let me, if I hear you correctly, you're saying that maybe the girlfriend not acknowledging, but on the flip side, the girlfriend didn't acknowledge, but then somebody that's older with wisdom did. So I eventually got the cake that I love. The mother mm. cut without, it, but you're telling without, me. Go ahead. Yeah, without, with, without all the negative emotion, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Ooh, I'm getting a little piece if this were my dream. I think for myself, if I find myself feeling unacknowledged or not seen by somebody, sometimes I imagine that it was just their, maybe their ego or their lower self. But I, I will, I do this thing, my friend Joey Sutton and I do this thing called dream crafting, where we imagine that we could, that it was a dream and like, this is actually a dream and that the the older, wiser part of that person actually does the thing that would make us feel so good and feel acknowledged mm. and seen. And there's something about being seen. It feels like this dream is about, like, like if you don't know me by now, you won't ever know me. Like, right. I want to be known. I want to be seen. And this is like my thing. This is my shtick. But the, I like that the older, wiser aspect, if it were my dream, does see me and does recognize that. And maybe that's the true self. Maybe the younger self is too obsessed with themselves and they, they, they're, they're too, they can't see me because they're in the weeds with their own, with their own self. But what I love, if it were my dream, I've got a thing about cake and dreams. I don't know if you heard me talk about Stassi Schroeder (laughs) and I go on and on. She has cake in every one of her dreams. And she's one of those people that lives her life very pleasurably. Very, she's she just said that she doesn't even necessarily like to eat cake in real life. Just what it represents. So to me, it represents like having your cake, eating it too, having the good things, and making sure that there's room for that delight. So to me, this feels yeah. really important, even if the circumstances aren't exactly perfect. I still am going to have my cake, and I'm going to eat it too, even if even yeah, if my I- friend doesn't recognize me. Go ahead. One, yeah, one question. No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you go, go ahead. Okay. No, you, you. Yeah, a question is, uh, how is the mother, what what dreams do? They'll bring people in to represent personality types. Mm. Uh, as, uh, or uh, what? how is the mother different? And in what way is her personality different than the friend? And how is she, she, life differently? She, she birthed eight kids. And she recently mm. lost her son, which, of course, I know. She lost her husband, which I know. Mm. But she's a no-nonsense type of person. She's not going to walk in a room, and she's inviting. But when she does say something, you hear it. Very mm. quiet, but when she speaks, you hear it. Mm. But I want to yes, say this I... real quick. The daughter, the daughter, I was dreaming about her for like a whole week, so I called the other sister, because there's eight of them. And I called the other sister, and I said, you know, I, I text the person's name, and told her I had a dream, and she didn't even call. And I was, you know, t- you know, dreaming about her every day, so I know something was going on. I don't know if it was good or bad, but I know with the gift yeah. that I have, something Ooh. was going on. So she's never ignored. I told the sister, how, why would she do me how like is the that? Daughter, yeah, how is the daughter different than the mother, though, in personality? Mother is no how nonsense. The, how is the daughter? Uh, sort of, kind of like the same, but just made some bad Younger. decisions, decisions that I didn't make as far as, oh, I'm going to get into it. But she's done some things that I, 
our lives are different. I went to college. I did this. I did that. There's some things that she didn't do. And I don't understand when I, you know, said that I dreamt about her and for a whole weekend and text her, hey, but she always thought my dreams were stupid. So she probably mm-hmm. didn't respond like, I'm not responding to Denise. So what if she jumps about me every week? I can't get into that stupid dream. Ooh. Yeah, the, the dream seems to be using the mother and the daughter as, mm-hmm. as a comparison of how you might make it through the situation in your life. Mm-hmm. So where the ah. mother's no-nonsense, basically saying, look, this part of you that's no-nonsense, it's like the mother, and help resolve your situation, perhaps with yeah. this. Oh, okay, say great. that say that again, but say it differently. Say that one more time. Okay. Uh, what dreams do it? They bring people in to represent um, personality characteristics, and that's why I asked what the front, what the mother's like. She's no nonsense, and there's right. a couple other things in there. And they brought Denise in to show that personality type, and said, if you're struggling with this kind of situation that Denise represents. Uh, how would the mother handle that situation? Ooh. And that's the part of yourself that the dream is bringing forth that shows that you can have the cake without all the, the grief. Mm. The, mm. like the mother. I, I think there's something, there's something about the, like the needing of the attention or needing of that acknowledgement is what the piece that I would take too. It's like, where is yeah. it? Where, where, where am I needing that? It's almost like I'm looking for the cake. I'm looking for the, the sweetness in all the wrong places and people aren't giving it to me. So this is an aspect of myself that's kind of withholding it. And, and yet I'm to me. So, so there's something, but I got it, but I got it from the mother. Mm-hmm. So there's the mother yeah, that, aspect, perhaps. Yeah, the dream, is, the dream is basically saying, if you, you know, I always ask my dreams, well, what would this person do in my situation? So you ask Ooh. yourself, what would the mother do in this situation? Ooh. If she's a no-nonsense person and, and you, you name some other characteristics, uh, if you act in that fashion in your life, that's what your dream is, is basically bringing her in mm-hmm. the show. I that see. You, like uh, like Kelly said, you can have your cake and eat it too. If you I see. you if you deal more with your life in the way that her mother would than the way that the, Denise would, or I'm I'm sorry, the, the, the daughter, the, the daughter, daughter. The daughter. Yeah. I see. Mm. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that. Well done. Thank you, Denise. Wow. Looking for cake in all the right places. Getting the love from the higher self, from the mother self. Thank you so yes. much. You always share such wonderful dreams. And I think Thank we should, you, you got to activate that dream. What are you going to do to activate that dream and bring honor it in your waking life? I have a feeling there may um, be a cupcake in your future. Right. And when I was younger, I think I told you this because I've been calling your show forever. When I was a younger woman and I dreamt about cake, I would meet somebody in the next few weeks. Now, well, whether or not well, that relationship well. would last is a different story, but I would always meet somebody when I dreamt about cake. Something mm-hmm. good always happens when I dream about cake. Always. Awesome. Keep me posted. I want to hear. Inquiring minds want to know. Thank okay. you, Denise. Okay. See you next Thank week. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we've got I got um, somebody wrote in a question. I'm going to pull this up right now. And she says, um, let me see. What does it mean when you dream about someone in your life dying? So um, 
Robert, I'm going to, I'll weigh in on this, but I want to give you a, a chance to acknowledge this dream. This is from Lisa. Oops. Oh, you, do you want me to speak first? Okay. Yes, yes. go for it. Uh, there, yeah, a couple of things. Um, one, it could be just to worry about them. It depends on the situation of the person in the dream. But quite often, death in dreams, from a more of a union standpoint, death in dreams relates to uh, that part of uh, uh, some part of self dying away, uh, uh, maybe a dependence on that person, and, uh, no longer needed, dying away, things of that sort. Um, you know, run into that a number of times, uh, particularly. Uh, say in a situation where there's a couple that are struggling uh, with their their marriage and all, and uh, suddenly the woman dreams about her husband dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in many of those cases, it's because they so they have given up that dependency on the other person. So that that image of the other person within themselves has died away, and usually it's for the better. It's because right. that old image that the one that you projected on that person is no longer needed. And you can now deal with the other in a, a much more um, mature fashion. Oh, Robert, you're making me think of one of the other stories in our Chicken Soup for the Soul book, Dreams and Premonitions. There was a story of a woman who who had been having problems in her marriage with her husband, and they were they were right on the verge of divorce. And she dreams that she's at his funeral and she's weeping over his body in the casket, weeping, 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 and saying to herself, well, my God, if I had only done things differently, if I had really tried, I could have done this differently. And she wakes up and her husband's lying next to her. She checks to see if he's breathing and he is. (laughs) And she, I, I don't know exactly what she does that morning. We can only imagine, but let's just say it was a renaissance in their relationship. There was a renewal and they didn't get divorced and they did, they did renew their vows and renew their relationship. So at the very least it could represent a letting go of the attachment, but it could also be about the attachment to a previous form, maybe a form that needed to die. Maybe it was time to say goodbye to that so that a new form could be reborn. And she really appreciated him. So maybe Lisa, this is a, you know, who knows? There's so many ways this dream is like a diamond. There's so many facets, but one way could be this deep appreciation for this person because maybe we, 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 I mean, we all have an expiration date, but now you really know this person. You can kind of see what happened in that case is that, you know, part of the marital problems were due to how she projected the situation, her, her, her perception of the situation had to die in order for her to be reborn into a new perception, which she really valued. So the right. death is really of, her, of that that early perception, uh, the shadow, basically, uh, perception of that person in uh, in her life so that she could be reborn again into a new way of looking at things. Exactly. One of the things I promised was that we would talk about um, some some aspect of lucid dreaming. I know that you're a really wonderful lucid dreamer, and I know that within the the wisdom within lucid dreaming can also help with solving problems in our waking life. Is there any tips that you can give us? We just have a couple minutes here. Any quick tips about um, lucid dreaming? Yeah, the nice thing about lu- what lucid dreaming is, is you, you suddenly are aware you're dreaming. But the nice thing about lucid dreaming, if people are aware that this wisdom that we've been talking about coming out in our dreams is a, 
is immediately apparent and can be immediately dialogued with in a lucid dream. What I always do is I turn around to the dream and say, show me something I need to know, an open-ended question that's not aimed at some sort of ego thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And the wisdom will come through and basically lead you through a dream that shows you something you need in that moment uh, to get out of the situation you're in. Oh, that's great. And that's something that we can apply to our waking dream as well. We can, we can, if we notice that we're in a pattern of some kind, like, wow, this is really Groundhog's Day. Here I am again. Okay, dream maker, whoever you are, God, goddess, all that is, what am I supposed to know here? Show me. Boom, something's going to get revealed. So we can do that. And I think if we practice that in our waking life, we might be more apt to remember to do that in in our dreams mm-hmm. and or lucid dreams. You think so, Robert? I think so. One of the one of the basic methods to incubate lucid dreams is practice doing the same thing in waking life because you'll then yes. carry that through into your dreams. I'm wonderful. Well, we're going to hear more from Robert Haas. He's going to be at the, he's one of the speakers at the International Association for the Study of Dreams. The website is asdreams.org for the conference that's coming up this June. I highly recommend it. You have to go. I'll see you there. So many wonderful speakers, a dream ball, dream, um, dream groups. There's, there's just everything that you could possibly want in the way of dreams is going to be at this virtual con- conference, and you can come from anywhere on the planet as dreams.org. And Robert Haas, has, he's got some other books. He's got um, psychology and culture. He's got dreams, understanding biology, psychology and culture, dreams that change our lives, dreams to freedom dream language and his website is dreamscience.org robert haas thank you so much for joining me today it's been such a blast having you with me thank you appreciate it okay everyone we'll see you next week until we meet again don't take your dreams lying down it's kelly sullivan walden see you then Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.